What's up, everybody? This is Roots to Grooves. Hello. Jay Purcell. Jesse Quickly. What's up, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here talking about uh, talking about Roots and Grooves. We're talking about the band. Give it away. Beach Fossils. Beach Fossils. That's how you say it. Fossils. I say fossils. 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 You say fossils. You pronounce the I. Fossil. Fossils. <laughs> beach Fossils. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think you pronounce it Beach Fossils. There you go. I'm going to land on that one. Yeah. Uh, so cool kind of indie rock band. Yeah. Um, I guess based out of New York. Yeah. Uh, I guess the main songwriter was from... Um, North Carolina. North, yeah, I was going to say New Hampshire, one of those. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, super cool um, artist. They got like three, uh, four or five albums out, yeah. maybe including an, an EP in there. Yeah. Um, you know, known for kind of lo-fi bedroom indie pop rock um you know bedroom breezy vocals Mm -hmm. um so this band we talked about real estate a couple weeks ago yeah and uh this band i found i discovered about the same time as real estate okay and and in fact i was getting i was getting the two artists mixed up on some of the songs because they kind of got a similar vibe similar sound a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah the jangly guitars yeah the the breezy vocals jangly guitars um so definitely they're they're in that kind of wheelhouse of the earlier 2010s like <clears throat> you know indie indie rock kind of resurgence i yeah. guess you could say yeah yeah um so they're very much in there and they were out of new york mm-hmm. you know other big bands coming out of there like yeah yeah yeah's or the strokes mm-hmm. um i think yeah yeah yeah's are from new york yeah, um, yeah. something of another band yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're good uh, by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like totally just, no like actually just uh what was it is it a two-piece or three-piece i just had guitar and drums and a singer i think I don't even but, know. Yeah, no bass, but they fill out fill out the sound. One well. yeah for each band member. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think we just settled it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Beach Fossils. We're talking about. We're excited to be here talking about Beach Fossils on Roots to Grooves. Um, mm-hmm. Guitar driven dream pop, mm-hmm. underground indie rock pop. Um, you know, echoey kind of good fun vibes. I guess this guy. Uh, I uh, let me say his name. Yeah. For the heck of it, it's basically one guy. Mm-hmm. as far as um everything's been happening and he's had other bandmates but they've been in and out and it's really yeah. complicated in and outs and yeah he's he's the the main guy for sure writing most of the songs mm-hmm. for the at least the first albums he wrote like most of the music and recorded it himself yeah and kind of did most of the production and everything but i'm talking about um oh man where i don't even have it dustin pacer is how i would pronounce it yeah i think Pas- so Pasur? i wasn't sure i didn't hear it meant uh yeah i didn't hear anybody nobody was saying his last name yeah (laughs) so we're here to say it i think it's pacer that sounds cool to me yeah it looks kind of french it does yeah that's why i'm like connoisseur or something like that uh but yeah so yeah he was born in north carolina yeah um grew up around music and kind of was always into music as far as i know do you have any background about his um childhood uh not really musically i know I, that he went to like a catholic elementary school he said mm-hmm. at some point um and he had to go to church a lot i think right, the reason right, right. he talked about <clears throat> that is because he kind of uh, uh he's, he made some mention about the sound kind of thing in the church mm-hmm. kind of thing <clears throat> i guess he probably had to sing hymns or something like that you're um, forced into it yeah forced into it used to do that back in the day yeah um i think later on i remember him saying he was he was fond of the the incense okay yeah. but you know like <laughs> like I, I was um raised catholic too so yeah. it is pretty cool and they had like a big chain mm-hmm. and a little 
chamber where yeah. they're burning incense and they, they kind of swing it through the yeah it's just like wafting and it's everywhere and it's yeah. thick and it smells really good what does it smell like like uh, frankincense and myrrh yeah, okay yeah. i think like those are pretty popular <clears throat> ones it's one of his favorite scents because they actually apparently as a the band members are really into scented candles yeah I, I, I saw that <laughs> just kind of a side story then they all yeah. have something to say about yeah like their favorite scents and dustin's was frankincense and myrrh okay and and then also kind of uh woodsy sort of uh smells yeah he like i think he mentioned uh kind of a, that musky yeah you know i don't know wet wood yeah damp rainforest yeah something like that which i'll just say right now is a very obscure thing for a band to talk about in an interview but if you think about it you know smell is one of the senses and you can probably get inspired or put in a certain mood through the smells mm-hmm. of things kind of thing like yeah 100 percent creates another sort of layer of ambience or whatever in studios and rehearsal rooms and whatnot and yeah no like i think that. that's yeah. true when yeah. smells are one of those things similar to music and it kind of takes you right back to a specific moment in time yeah, yeah. even if you are kind of already forgot yeah it'll kind of bring it right back to the forefront of your mind and you're like you're there again for a second well actually like i'll just mention it now as well like one of the band members i can't remember his name but he he mentioned the smell of like when he was a kid at some restaurant eating a burger and then the smell of like the the chlorine kind of disinfectant smell you said almost like a swimming pool and the smell of the burger like he, he likes that combination that's like, disgusting <laughs> it's disgusting why would but you... i guess it reminds reminds him of his childhood in some way i, I guess, like I guess that, yeah. that and that's why it's important because <clears throat> it reminds you of the childhood yeah or whatever yeah i'm just imagining this kid like in a sticky dirty mcdonald's playhouse like eating a burger <laughs> and there's like a employee mopping yeah, yeah. and he's like mm, mm, this is nice this is, yeah i like these this aroma with my burger yeah but um, i don't know um but yeah i guess uh, well, the other the only other stuff i know about dustin is um yeah he grew up in north carolina and he said he kind of hated it like it was didn't mm-hmm. wasn't like really stuff going on there and it was also interesting, apparently his parents kind of encouraged him to get out of there, like, and go do something else, like, move away. Right. In fact, they said they'd, they'd be kind of disappointed or mad at him if he didn't do that kind right. of thing. So, well, you don't um, want to be the, the kid stuck in your mom's basement doing nothing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing something, that's great. Yeah. Like, living with your parents is a great way to, to save money and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. But don't be a bum. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. You can still be productive. And so I think like he made the decision to go, well, he was like studying, I think, um, in North yeah. Carolina a little bit. I think he was like at a community college or something like that, but mm-hmm. didn't really finish. Um, right. But then he like went to New York uh, with the idea of being there for at least five years uh, mm-hmm. to pursue his music. And yeah, I think he always wanted to go to New York. That was kind of one of his yeah, goals, yeah. which he ended up doing, which is cool. Yeah. I think just one step back, I think when he was in that Catholic high school, I'm not sure how this works out, but I think I saw somewhere where he went to like four different high schools. Oh, wow! Okay. And was moving around. I don't know if they were all Catholic or or non-religious or what. Yeah. Um, but I just saw a little that little fact in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah, like you said, went to community college for a brief stint. Yeah. In North Carolina, and then yeah. and dropped out is what happened. I think so. Yeah. That's what I got too, but I didn't see anything yeah. that specifically said that. Yeah, I just I don't really know about that, but he mentioned later because about like. I think his first seven months of living in new york he said he was like doing these retail jobs and he was mm-hmm. broke and he really seriously considered moving back to north carolina mm-hmm. after the first seven months and he said his thought then was probably that he would go back and finish schooling and then graduate right. and then <clears> eventually <throat> move back to new york and get a better job or something mm-hmm. but then he said oh that probably would have been a disaster anyway or something 
is what yeah. the way he said about that. So yeah, so he's stuck in there. You know, I, th- I think in New York he was working at Urban Outfitters. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a nice urban yeah location for an Urban Outfitters. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the cool spot in New York, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So as far as his uh, musical background, I think he was into the Misfits. Mm. I think he was into uh, meat puppets. Mm-hmm. I don't know meat puppets. Yeah, I've heard the name, but I don't know exactly what's up with them. Uh, Black Flag, have you heard? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Henry Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's awesome, and uh, yeah. I think he used to be crazy. I don't know if he still is, but he's cool. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he had uh, his show on. Maybe it was HBO years ago, but it was like a regular talk show type thing. It was always, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was always really kind of interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't like in front of an audience. It was kind of like more looked like a documentary esque type okay, thing. Yeah, they'd yeah. always have interesting people on, kind of like Joe Rogan. Sort of. Mm-hmm. He was like the old school Joe Rogan. I he was guess. doing it before Joe ever yeah, yeah. got around. And then um, yeah, he's traveled a lot. And yeah, he does stand up comedy, although it's not really stand up comedy. He's kind of just talking yeah that kind of like introspective here's my take on it kind of comedy yeah yeah. which is good but yeah he was like i think back in the day like you said when he was touring he only had like a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and he used and that's all he had on tour and he used to take them both off to go on stage because (laughs) he knew he would sweat really badly on stage (laughs) and he didn't want to like sweat through his clothing a a great (laughs) excuse to take your clothes off i guess yeah punk yeah that's that's a punk yeah He's a he's a he's a punk, yeah, for sure. Um, and then besides, you know, that's kind of his alternative or heavier, darker rock, yeah, influences. Then he was also into jazz. Mm. He was into uh, classical music. Um, I saw that his grandfather played percussion in Cuba. Oh wow! So he did have a little bit of background, and I think his his dad was somehow into music as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't see too much about it, but mm. I think he did give um, Dustin his first four track. Mm, okay and another four track another four track story here welcome to the four track club like exactly <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to start we have to write a list somewhere yeah and i think i saw that his dad also had an eight track but he didn't want to give him the eight track so he gave him the four track too fancy yeah i guess yeah. is it yeah it's the almost exact same thing though with yeah. you know double the amount of tracks you can have going at the same time basically yeah so it's just a nicer piece of equipment yeah i know like different models might have had better sound quality but yeah usually it's like um, same sound quality, just more channels to mess with. Kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's basically all, all I got on his um, background. Yeah. And then we kind of covered it, went to Catholic high school and yeah. into um, community college in North Carolina. And I think he's he started playing in bands, mm-hmm. like in high school and then in, in college too. Mm. Um, I, I think it was involved with quite a few bands. What was his main instrument? Is it bass or guitar? I, I thought it was guitar. Okay. As far as I know. Yeah. No, I think uh, later on uh, he was talking about his writing process that he starts on bass a lot of times. Okay, cool. Like coming up with like a riff kind of thing. Right. And then building from that because he feels it's like the good a good basis of like a track. Or the, basis. Or the bass, yeah. Exactly. Nice. Double entendre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. But yeah, totally. I like starting a song with a bass. Yeah, yeah. Get a nice groove going, get a nice feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, um, yeah, another note. He did start playing guitar when he was nine. Nine, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that brings that yeah. little story to uh, yeah. um, together. And then, yeah, like I said, his dad gave him a four-track, and I think he was off from there, and he started playing in different bands, in and out, yeah. trying different things, yeah. kind of more punky mm-hmm. bands. I think he kind of likes darker music a little bit. 
He yeah, he mentioned a lot. Uh, he listened to a lot of new metal mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, mentions corn a lot. Life is peachy. Okay, okay. Um, I was never into corn, not yet, at least. Yeah, I I was. Yeah, it's cool because he mentions like some albums that people should listen to, and the other one was uh, Deft Tones, Around the Fur, which is another great album. So. I feel like I kind of played some of that stuff on our as yet unreleased inspirations episode. Some of oh yeah 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 the, the new metal kind of era. That one hasn't come out yet. I'm excited yeah, for that yeah, episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's interesting. He's like into a lot of kind of rock punk heavy stuff, but mm-hmm. then has a side of him that is definitely into like jazzy funky things. Yeah, so more like subtleties yeah, yeah. and more kind of finesse and pretty side. So I like how he likes the kind of darker vibes, but pretty on top yeah a little bit like a little pretty icing on top of your dark cake (laughs) something like that uh so i mean yeah so this kind of his story he's getting into music more and more and then he starts this project all by himself which he ended up calling beach fossils yeah um and he basically wrote the whole album by himself yeah i think he recorded it i think he was still at his back at his parents house at this time or was he in New York? Um, I think he was in New York, yeah. And I think he said it was around 2008 he got the idea for Beach Fossils uh-huh. as a project kind of thing. And then, yeah, 2010 is when the first album came out, mm-hmm. um, which actually came out on a record label. So he, somewhere along the line in those two years right. of writing, he got on, uh, I think it was called Captured Tracks or something like that. Yeah, it was the name of the label. Yeah, and there's some other, you know, like Mac DeMarco's on that label, yeah. um, Wild Nothing, uh, I think these kind of like they're indie pop rock, that same kind of vibe ish. Yeah, yeah. right. I haven't discovered Wild Nothing or a band called Dive either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Dive is pretty cool. I think Wild Nothing also has cool stuff. Yeah. And then Mac DeMarco's been popping off for for years at this point. Yeah, I haven't really listened to much of his music, but uh, it comes up though, and it, yeah. everything I've heard, it sounds really cool. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't dove. What sort of stuff is he kind of rock or is it more like? It's like funky. it's like groovy, groovy. chill, yeah. like almost you no know, down tempo indie rock. Okay, yeah, that's what I'll I'm gonna leave that there. Okay, yeah. uh, if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong because I've not listened to too much Mac DeMarco. Is it like Beck in any way or not really? Like, I think some of it, some of it, yeah, okay, but more yeah. like bedroom Beck. Okay, <laughs> you know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't bedroom, know. Bedroom I'm, I'm coming on the record here on the camera saying I don't know. I'm just trying to give us an idea here. But I think, <laughs> I don't know if this is how they got signed them because uh, Dustin said that he basically dropped a, a Twitter message to Mac DeMarco at some point in mm-hmm. time kind of thing because um, he said he was really into his stuff and he saw his appearance on Hot Wings. That oh, show. the Hot Ones? Hot Ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, and and apparently like Mac DeMarco responded and sent him his phone number and then they connected and he was like yeah anytime you come out to LA just you know we'll kick it kind of thing and they did it he did end up going out there he said they used to get wasted every day and like jam and make music and just having a great time yeah yeah. Mac DeMarco seems like a fun guy yeah yeah Dustin said like he got the vibe that this is the type of guy that like I think could hang I could hang with or whatever yeah 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 he was right they they got off pretty got along pretty well and yeah i think they might have might have i don't know if they've released any collaborations or anything like that but they definitely yeah. made music together so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah or at least being influenced by each other yeah, i think yeah. they both recognized their their respective talents and mm-hmm. you know what they're able to to come up with so there's some mutual musical respect there i think that's cool mm-hmm. and that's a cool way to make friends 
Twitter, um, Twitter messages. Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was another story. What happened on Twitter? Somebody else got called out. I think it was on the Sean Lee episode or the uh, Adrian Young episode. I think mm, I think it was Adrian oh, Young yeah, and yeah. somebody hit him up on Twitter and connected him with somebody else. Yeah, it was like someone from the Delphonics, I think. Yeah, like and they're just like, here's, the, here's his contact. Yeah, it's like, there you go. Yeah. It's like that. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so I think let's play a track from that first record. Uh, yeah. I think we're about there. This is um, he he wrote it all himself. The self-titled uh, Beach Fossils album. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure because um, I mean, like for example, on Wikipedia it said that Clash was the was the first one in 2010, but then oh. I saw like on Spotify, um, it says that where is it? I don't know. There was another one that was first. So Beach Fossils 2010, yeah. self-titled. Yeah, and then I think 2011 was uh, an EP, What a Pleasure. And then Clash the Truth came out in 2013. Okay. But this yeah. first one we're talking about is Beach Fossils self-titled 2010, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's play a track off that and uh, let's feel out this guy's vibe. Okay, well, uh, I don't have anything prepared for this. Oh, we didn't We didn't put one. Of, we didn't. Yeah. Okay. Put me on the spot, man. Have you listened oh, to this I, album? I, I didn't realize we did not prepare. Um, I did, yeah. and it's good. It's like you know, lo-fi, yeah, yeah. pop rock, yeah, kind of you know, chill, like kind of, yeah, you know, kind of sad, yeah. Um, but you know, it's kind of hazy, like yeah. early strokes kind of vibe, like kind of lo-fi rock. Mm. Um, and it's really good. It's really chill. I like those first three albums are really good. Yeah. I'll just say right now, like Somersault's my favorite one, and yeah. that's. I think they're still hitting their stride and they got a long way to go, which yeah. is why I'm interested in these guys, yeah, yeah. why we brought them here today. Um, but but those first like three albums, including that EP, are just kind of really good all the way through. Yeah, Not a bunch of super standout tracks for me. No. Um, but yeah. like as a whole piece of music, it's it's really vibey and really cool, really chill. Yeah. Not begging for your attention or anything. No, it's pretty consistent all the way through. Mm -hmm. So let's just get a little surprise because okay. we don't know. We're going to guess. Do, 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 do. I'm going to play Window View. Let's check it out. Pretty uh, drifty, floaty Just, track there. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> From the first album, self-titled Beach Fossils, that was called Window View. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty good. And the rest of the album is like that, even a little bit more upbeat than that. That was, you know, yeah. even maybe an especially chill song, but the whole thing's basically chill like that. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're not looking for that, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you're here listening and kind of into this at all, then you will probably like this band because it's pretty good. Yeah. I noticed that was... I listened to some of those tracks on this album and he has a lot of tambourine in there mm -hmm. like hitting at the same time as the snare drum or something right like it's like one of the only tracks that doesn't have that oh. <laughs> tambourine sound in there is what i know it's just something mm -hmm. peculiar i noticed yeah uh, no and i think what, that's kind of one of the things that makes this music good because he kind of 
holds to a little bit of a standard with what he's using. Yeah. It's pretty much all bass, drums, and guitar, and vocals, and then like a couple bits of in, um, percussion yeah. uh, to to round it out and help with the texture a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's pretty good. I got a couple notes on here because um, th- apparently this was the quickest he's ever uh, written an album, mm. and this was by himself. So he was listening, yeah. or he was he was working in New York, mm-hmm. and he was he said he was like kind of depressed mm. and kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, like music was his only friend, so he got really into it and just kind of dove into making this album. Yeah, and that's kind of what allowed him to do it. He said it was kind of a, a form of escapism. That's cool. So yeah, yeah he was yeah. he was trying to he was trying to stay out of his own head. Yeah, and music was like the way to to go, and it allowed him to create this whole album basically all by himself. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of cool facts: he was using Logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using Logic, and it's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, quote: He was using a shitty. 60s no-name japanese guitar mm-hmm. so a lot of the starter guitars are the they are, <laughs> japanese or chinese ones i think i did have a i still do it's at my friend's house but my bass guitar is it's not japanese yeah. it's a hurricane from south korea i think mm. um, that's yeah. my only connection to yeah. asian guitars i guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope South Korea is, they're Asian, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so he used that guitar. Uh, at this point, I guess he didn't even own a bass. So all mm. the bass that you hear in that is a guitar. Oh, wow. Like you Really? Know, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, just EQ'd down yeah, yeah. or whatever. I don't know the specifics, but that's what he said. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust him. Yeah. I'm going to trust Dustin Pacer. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so this was the thing that blew my mind. He said he sung into the MacBook microphone. Really? For a lot of the vocals. Wow. I think, if not most or all of the vocals, okay. he was using his MacBook yeah. that's to crazy. record vocals. I just think that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I always come across people and you're like, i got to get the best mic yeah, yeah, yeah. if I'm going to start anything. And yeah. here's a guy just living, working at Urban Outfitters with a cheap, Japanese guitar, no bass, yeah. but finding a way to record and do what he wanted to do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm just That's super cool. about that. I think he, yeah, sort of put a lot of reverb on his vocals as well, right? Mm-hmm. So he might have kind of like masked the, the quality yeah. somehow with that. 100%. That's the egg, yeah. And I think, it, you know, it works. And yeah. it just goes to show that if you're going for a certain style, you don't have to, not every single person recording every t- style of music has to go for the clean, pristine pop yeah. vocals with the nicest equipment in the world. Yeah, yeah. There's just other ways to go. And yeah. some people aren't even looking for that. That's something I noticed actually throughout all their albums um, is that they didn't really focus. They don't really focus so much on the sound recording quality. Mm-hmm. They focus more on the, the songs themselves. Yeah. I think probably the, uh, your favorite album, Somersault, was probably... A little bit of a departure from that, where they spent a bit more time on the mix and the how they were recording things. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Totally. But, yeah. No, I agree though. Yeah. Um, which is another kind of reason why I like that album. Yeah. Um, but I also like this kind of fuzzy, hazy, drifty kind of music too. Yeah. There's simple melodic guitars. Yeah. yeah. Nice breezy melody on the yeah. vocals. Yeah. Reverby, kind of echoey. A yeah. little bit of delay or something on there. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Peter B- Bjorn and John. Have you heard them? No. Yeah, they're kind of. Uh, I think they're from Sweden or somewhere like that. Okay. They kind of came out 
Um, oh, I think I had a the first album I heard about was like in two thousand six or seven, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I had one really catchy track. You've probably heard it. They play it on like re- in restaurants and cafes all the time. Okay, but, but uh, I go to cafes and restaurants. Yeah, go. I go. You do, now you, do you do it now? So, not 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 <laughs> not in quarantine. Not right yeah. now, um, especially without a mask. But yes, yeah, so, but that band, some of their slower stuff sounds like that last track okay. I played. Kind of very. I'll have to check them out. Dreamy. Yeah. Yeah, dreamy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these guys are kind of. It's kind of. It's like indie rock, bass, drums, guitar, vocals, but it's it's kind of poppy. Yeah, yeah. In that kind of indie way. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, that's their self-titled 2010. Yeah. This guy just kind of wrote it all by himself in New York, and I I think he did really well. Yeah. And that set him on a path to like touring and and getting other bandmates yeah involved to help him realize that on stage yeah and i guess i i'm i think he went on tour after this i think he started like playing yeah um and again he kind of had this he'd been in and out of other bands so he had connections with other musical artists and you know people in the industry in general which kind of just helped you know push him towards that yeah and i think that's basically what was going on i don't i don't have any other deeper information than that yeah um, so, so it's kind of funny. In preparation for this show, I accidentally listened to "What a Pleasure" first, which I thought was their first album. I, I oh. thought I was clicking on their first album or something. So I listened to all of that all the way through. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's only an EP, but it's eight songs. And, yeah, uh, I I thought it was a full album. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it almost basically is pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's like twenty three minutes, but there's eight songs, and it's kind of interesting on this one because they instead of live drums, I feel like there's a lot of more kind of programmed drums but it's not mm-hmm. like intro, like it's programmed to sound like normal drums but they haven't gone crazy on it they've sort of left it sound sounding a little bit synthetic right so yeah it yeah, kind of yeah. has that sort of postal service kind of um vibe mm-hmm. i thought about it a little bit yeah i think if you um, do that in a nice in a nice way it has a really cool aesthetic yeah. with a little bit of electronic or you know fake drum sound yeah yeah or you know whatever process drums whatever you want to call it it's very like sort of straight you know drum beats kind mm-hmm. of like thing um and there was like one track on there i heard called out out in the way i think and it reminded me of new order um for some reason yeah 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 well yeah, i think yeah. another one of the things was um joy division was another one of their influences right and yeah, yeah. new order is kind of right in that yeah, yeah that that sonic space as well yeah um same time period ish i think as well well same three of the same members from joy division and new order yeah oh, okay like, so there you yeah, go yeah, yeah. that makes so that makes sense after the I main think, guy did the main guy pass away i think he did i don't know a lot of history about either of those bands i know but there I was think, a movie made about the guy from joy division really um i haven't seen it but it's like a movie movie an actor playing him and stuff okay about put it on the list one. for movie night there you go yeah down Absolutely. i'm down <laughs> that sounds cool though yeah. um so yeah what a pleasure this was 2011 yeah yeah and this is basically it's an ep yeah i think he basically did most of this again by himself yeah um it's it's a little less lo-fi yeah it's um it, it's uh as far as the songs go there i think they're mostly about love and i think i think this was talking about his his girlfriend who he ended up marrying mm. okay yeah. Just kind of vague info here, but I think that's what it was about. Yeah. Um, the vocals are a little clearer. Yeah. Um, and there was a collaboration with Wild Nothing, which is another artist on that label. Yeah. Have you heard um, come across them before or heard anything? I've like heard that? the name, but I haven't. They they've kind of you know been in the back of my mind, but I haven't 
yeah. gone in deep and, and see what they're about and how I feel about it. Yeah. So they're on the, they're on the list though. The I, have, list. I have a lot of lists, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> For movie lists. To listen to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To, to do lists, to I do. guess you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> That's already a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so. They were going on tour, um, for what a pleasure, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they were playing songs off that first record too. And I guess things were getting tense with the band. At some point, they got kicked out of a Boston club for fighting with each other. Yeah, damn, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I think oh. there was one of the members, and I don't have the specific guy, mm-hmm. but he seemed like kind of a douche, I guess, and he was kind of not vibing with each other yeah. with the rest of the band, and they would just have stupid little fights or whatever. But they would get to an intense point. Yeah. where they would, get, would fight each other. Like, I think, like, fist fights. Wow. And I don't know how bad that was or how many punches landed or anything. Yeah. There was no, you know, world star videos. I think that's ever, I think fist fights have ever happened in any bands I've been in, but definitely verbal arguments and people throwing, oh. throwing each other out of the studio. And stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Just leave. It whatever. gets intense. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, especially... You think about like these chill songs that these guys are writing. <laughs> yeah. It's like pretty chill and pretty, you know, like innocent. Yeah. And he's just describing his life and trying to figure himself out and stuff. And the band's like playing it. And they're like, yeah, let's go on tour, play these songs. Yeah. And how intense that gets when yeah. tensions arise for different reasons. Well, definitely on touring. I think also like the way they first started touring is that they said, you know, they were just broke and they would be yeah like, didn't really have any money for like food or anything they're sleeping on floors and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know now it's gotten better for them but they were saying actually like someone asked them what their advice would be for new artists that are just getting started kind of thing and and it's like don't blow all your money on tour like mm-hmm. you know go and slum it on the road kind of thing because you know, they found themselves actually looking back and reminiscing on, you know, oh, remember when we were like sleeping on the floor of this like And those are like the good old days. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's a way to meet fans as well. I saw um, out here there was like some Spanish band from Spain that were on tour in America and they played Seattle. Three-piece, really like really fucking loud, like punk music. They were really good. And at the end of the show, they were like, um, yeah, if anyone's like got any place for us to crash tonight kind of thing. Like, yeah. like you know, I almost offered them my place kind of thing because, you know, I thought they were cool. But they, you know, they hooked up with some people and stuff like that. And, yeah. But that's kind of a cool thing as well. Like, you know, you have these experiences meeting new people and who become fans or friends or whatever during mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. And just but, goes to show like going through any type of adversity, hopefully you're learning from it and it's. You know, even if it wasn't a good experience at that moment, yeah. you know, you learn from it and can grow from it hopefully and it becomes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, hopefully you do. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, you can take something away from it yeah. and make that thing into a valuable thing for you, even if it wasn't a good thing yeah. off the cuff. So yeah. yeah, cool perspective. That's cool that they were looking back on those days. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, the one thing I've noticed a lot from all, a few of the artists we've covered i'm sort of like wondering how some of these artists get so big kind of thing and a lot of them spend a lot of time touring on the road and playing all kinds of shows Mm -hmm. sort of thing but it seems to me like yeah it's that hard graft of just getting out there in the world and playing Mm -hmm. and does work kind of thing and it's like you have to put in that do those sacrifices sacrifice your everyday life yeah money and a lifestyle yeah i think even dustin dustin paysayer or pacer however yeah. you want to pronounce it um mentioned that like yeah. sacrificing 
yourself for this time to allow you to go to the next level yeah. to to make these things happen the way you want them to happen yeah. and it's worthwhile yeah and i think i saw one of the videos one of the band members was like you know i, I wish i can go sleep on somebody's floor tonight like that right. sounds kind of nice yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is like a weird thing to say but it's like yeah. yeah i think i've heard other artists talk about that like going on tour and they kind of miss those days miss those hard times and when you're like you're feeling like you know you're around people but you're kind of feeling lonely yeah. Even though your band's around you or the, the audience is around you, your fans are around you, you still feel kind of lonely. Well, I guess it could become a little bit alienating. Like if you're getting more success and you're on the mm -hmm. road and you've gone from like just meeting random people and, you know, doing a show like the guys I saw and crashing at some random people's house mm -hmm. and partying or whatever to like being shuttled around in a bus or from hotel to hotel. Yeah. Like, and, you know. You know, like tonight we're playing Seattle and then you get off and you get on the bus and you drive to Portland and then you're going to do the same show again tomorrow night in Portland or whatever kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like there is some, you can be kind of in a bubble maybe and not like experience. Yeah, yeah it's like you're there yeah. creating this experience for everybody and everyone, the, the fans and the audience are going home. They're like, that was dope. I love those yeah. guys. Yeah. But you're just, you're whisked away. Like you don't get to yeah. bask in the glory of the city in general or the other people and it's kind of i mean i must be weird i've never had the opportunity to like go on tour like yeah. that and I, I would love the opportunity at some point it's kind of weird one like I, yeah i, I want to do everything once like with music mm -hmm. um i don't know if i really want to go on like a long tour like that like i would like to go on like a small tour maybe like a mm -hmm. month or something like that yeah but like I, I don't know if i could imagine doing anything longer than that that's kind of giving up your whole life and just doing that one thing really like, yeah like dustin yeah. said sacrifice yeah so yeah uh, but to each their own and like yeah. other bands do go on smaller tours yeah. and they kind of split it up because they have families and yeah, yeah, yeah. they have other aspects of their life besides music that they want to invest kind of in cool about the last band we talked about last week um the jazz guys uh snarky puppy snarky puppy yeah how they like change out the members on, yeah yeah exactly into, apart from the main guy he has to do all the he's work. always there yeah <laughs> um, michael league michael league yeah but uh oh yeah i was gonna say uh, as we're talking about touring i got reminded about another movie for movie night i can't remember the name of it but it's a really old radiohead documentary mm. from like the 90s i think this was done maybe around okay computer time or maybe mm -hmm. before kind of thing it's really fascinating though and also, also a bit depressing. Like, hmm. Tom York seems very crazy in this documentary. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, yeah. if you know Radiohead, you know they have feelings. Yeah. yeah. Whoever's writing that music is feeling down sometimes, I think. Exactly. Um, as maybe we all are, and that's okay to feel down, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. also great if you can express that and that gets some of your energy out and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, um, great what a pleasure yeah another solid album all the way through yeah like i said it's a little more clearer yeah um like like less lo-fi is what i mean mm -hmm. um but it's more of the same but i think it's better and i think you could hear the progression and it's a little bit more of a robust album yeah and then they kind of continue that energy and they go into their next um album clash of i was gonna say clash of the titans. i was thinking i was yeah i was thinking <laughs> clash of the titans not on our movie night list no. um but clash of the truth this came out February 18th, uh, 2003. Um, and then this one's a little more punk rock, a little 
post-punk. Um, I think... Um, and then still indie rock at heart. Yeah, I think uh, from throughout their touring, uh, they had like a New Year drummer on this album. It's, mm-hmm. They said it was a little bit more faster and dynamic to allow them to do some faster tracks or something like that. Okay, nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know the name, my bad, but he was he was a good drummer, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I guess to backtrack a little bit, I think I, I, think I saw something about them whilst they were on tour with the first couple of releases, they went through 12 drummers mm. and like four guitarists or something like that. Um, but so, they settled with this guy um, for this album. He also, yeah, yeah, got on the album playing kind of thing um, which is awesome i mean but yeah. what you know perseverance to go through so many artists yeah. or musicians in your band to, you know yeah mm, not right not gonna work yeah 10 times that's that's a lot of you know rehearsals they must have had at least yeah. one rehearsal with each one and or i'm guessing much more yeah and then they're like it's not gonna work though that's a, that's a lot of stress and work yeah yeah you know for your that mind is, that's a lot yeah of just in general of things yeah. yeah like just getting i know it's always like i'm kind of introverted so if there's a new person it's like i gotta refigure out it takes a while to get to a, a level of person. comfort yeah, yeah, yeah. totally yeah, yeah. um but awesome that they did find a good drummer and he is good i think his name's anton hockheim we and he's still with him today i think so yeah and he's been yeah. he's been he's been there for the last yeah um i mean almost most of their like half their career at this point i guess yeah this is essentially they have four albums including yeah. that ep yeah which we're kind of counting as an album in this at least yeah. i am right now yeah um but clash the truth punk rock yeah. post-rock indie rock um the production's a little better yeah. the vocals are a little more audible mm-hmm. um nice poppy melodies maybe a little poppier than before i feel like it's more energetic good grooves good momentum um the songs each kind of have a defining characteristic mm. which i find i mean i love so they each f- feel like a different thing mm. but they're all cohesive mm-hmm um but each one's kind of got their interesting characteristic that makes them unique yeah so that's cool and then it feels it just feels generally more fleshed out yeah. than the previous record so again more you can see how they're progressing with their their musicality and and their production and right. and the vibe of what they're trying to create with beach fossils so should we play crashed out from this album yeah since yeah crash from clash the truth um out from clash the truth clash the truth came out february 18th 2003 oh i'm fumbling my words yeah uh i love I fact check myself as well it was actually tommy gardner was the drummer that played on that okay so but he's not with them right now but so he's not with them anymore but he did that yeah was that before so, this that yeah before anton who's with them okay now. yeah perfect cool yeah so there's some um 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 context is the word Some i'm looking context, for context yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah so i love that i love punk um punk inspired music like i love that punk bass just yeah. that driving picked yeah, yeah. It's like i love that it's so fun to play yeah 
Like yeah. I just want to jam right now and play that. Yeah, I like that sort just, of driving. Yeah, just super driving. Music, yeah. But then like the guitar is just doing like a nice, pretty kind of beachy. Yeah, melody and the vocals are just floating on just top. Drift, I mean, it's a, they. It's like a painting of a beach. Yeah, you know, you got the the waves rolling in and crashing. Yeah. And they just yeah. crash in the name of the song or the name of the album. Yeah, yeah. But the driving, the drivingness is like, I don't know, the energy and the fun of the being at the beach. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense, but I just, you know, get these flashes of ideas in my head. I got to say it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but it gives you visuals. But like, I mean, you know, beach is in their name, beach fossils. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because. Was well, not really, I, is it, would you say this is like surf? Well, that's a little that, bit. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, yeah. how, how do you define beach? beach rock or surf rock because like what is it it's just like a vibe it's like it's not like he's doing something on the guitar that's specifically beachy yeah you know the driving bass isn't necessarily a beach thing that's more of a punk yeah thing but stuff like the clash you wouldn't say they're a beach rock band Mm -hmm. you know yeah so like where does beach and surf rock come in because i love surf and beach rock and we, we we talked about waves yeah um and we talked about real estate both of them are kind of beachy mm-hmm. for me at least yeah and i'm always wondering if that is that just me or, or are other people thinking that too yeah probably like I, it's funny i didn't get it any of those vibes at all mm-hmm. even though beach fossils is in the title beach yeah. but um but i yeah but now i'm thinking about it. that last track we heard i i, I am getting those vibes like i could feel like i could watch like surfing on the tv or something yeah and they, have, they playing that song the soundtrack with all the right waves crashing and stuff like that it does sound like some 60s it's definitely know, like early like, beach boys yeah like spurf rock is a specific genre and i think it's i don't know how to describe it but like that's what i'm saying like yeah. you know what it is but yeah. how do you put it into words i can't do it right here right here on the spot yeah we'd have to play someone and be like yeah okay that that is uh, that's not that is no, <laughs> that's not. i don't know but interesting yeah yeah um i like yeah. that stuff either way beach rock surf rock yeah and you know this album, I think uh, musically, even the band and themselves are really into it. Apparently, like they still to this day play a lot of those songs live at their live sets. Yeah, from this album. So I don't have any yeah. like stats to back it up, but I think yeah. this did kind of take them to the next level for themselves, for their you know personal kind of creativity, yeah. getting their energy out and stuff. And then I think people it resonated with their audience and yeah. grew their audience too yeah so i think it was kind of a step in their step in the right direction for the for the band yeah for their you know whatever their legacy or their yeah. their future and it's it's a good album i think it's out of the all of them you know they just keep getting better yeah and that's what excites me about this band that's why i wanted to bring them to the table today yeah they're not afraid to change things up is what i mm-hmm. noticed i think they've gone from like initially being like dustin's solo thing to to um like him incorporating more of the live band members in the writing process and the recording process yeah. kind of thing i mean that's that's a fantastic segue into somersault yeah and like um and i think it's funny how his band came about as well yeah because he's had like many changes whilst on tour but like the people that are with him now are, are guys that were in other bands that like opened for beach fossils or right. whatever and stuff like that yeah. or um I think their current drummer Anton, a couple of the guys went to another show and saw him play, and mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, this guy's really good," kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, so yeah, he Dustin is like very open to you know adapting and evolving 
and realizing you know they have sort of a kinship with music and stuff mm -hmm. like that and uh um and yeah incorporating that into the thing instead of him just being like no i'm writing all the songs like yeah, yeah dictator <laughs> dustin pacer <laughs> you know he's he's real down to earth though the first video i saw of him i think was giving a tour of his like apartment in new york where he mm -hmm. write, write, wrote a lot of his stuff this was many years ago and he's like he just seems like a regular down-to-earth dude mm -hmm. he doesn't have any vibes about someone that would be kind of like um, i mean he's the dictatorish the, no, or yeah he's the front man of this successful band yeah i in everything i've read and 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 watched uh there's no there's no like big ego no or anything like that he just he's chill like you said yeah. down to earth like you said yeah. i mean i'm just repeating what you said because it's i can't say it better <laughs> well, but it's well, great a snort laugh oh, right. oh we'll, we'll yeah. edit it out yeah. we don't need that yeah. but like i said uh good um segue into somersault yeah which is my favorite album by them that's how i discovered this band and i mm -hmm. went kind of from somersault on backwards through their catalog mm -hmm. and discovered some good stuff going that way too but this is what turned me on to this band somersault and that came out 2017 and like you said this was this was more of a band collaboration yeah. than than ever before yeah. if any at all yeah this was like the first time where they were kind of a group like oh we went, we've been touring together yeah we helped kind of maybe had some ideas with these other songs on the last album um but this one was kind of head on and they didn't they didn't plan it like this is gonna be a band album it just kind of they kind of fell into it yeah as far as my understanding goes yeah um but it was quite collaborative mm -hmm. through i guess there's five members um in the group at this point mm. um i'm pretty sure it's five but yeah somersault it's more sunshiny it's a little more poppy yeah it's uh it's brighter it's blissful yeah um yeah just aesthetic wise but the the texture's good they use stuff like strings and piano yeah um and that kind of helps the whole thing yeah. expand and, and flute as well yeah like yeah. i think there's flute on the the track we played at the very beginning of the yeah. show yeah we started out the show with saint ivy, saint ivy. Mm -hmm. from somersault yeah and so that had a and I, I remember him saying he, he'd want to put flute in something, but he didn't know how for the longest time. So yeah, it was interesting about it. They said they invited this guy to the studio and mm -hmm. he was like there for less than an hour. And he, they were just like, go crazy, do whatever you want to do mm -hmm. on whatever track kind of thing. And this guy did that. And then after he left, they, like, they kind of cut up the takes and performances, kind of like samples, and then like right. placed them in different songs and okay. stuff like that. Okay, nice. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It, that, yeah. flutes a cool aesthetic to kind of bounce off of in your mix yeah well i think also for like this album they said they were listening to a lot of like references that i wouldn't expect them to be listening to but they 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 reference dj shadow hmm yeah he pops in yeah. unexpectedly wu-tang Wu clan okay uh isaac hayes so okay hip-hop yeah and corn he said still corn and then corn though <laughs> right in there of course um and he said it wasn't really like they were listening to full albums they were listening to sort of individual track individual tracks and mm -hmm. sharing tracks with each other right for like ideas um david axelrod is another guy he's actually like we should do a show on him he passed away a few years ago but he did back in the 60s all of these like uh, he was like a producer and an arranger mm -hmm. but his aesthetic was very like funk kind of jazz stuff and actually right. like dj shadow used to sample a lot of his stuff and okay. other people have as well kind of thing um yeah that guy's really good 
Um, I've never heard the name. I'll have to check it out. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they were like, and also later for St. Ivy, they were saying when they recorded that track, I think Dustin was on the drums and he was just like playing with something. Mm-hmm. And they were specifically trying to mic the drums to get a DJ Shadow slash Wu-Tang Clan vibe. Nice. And the beat is like a direct inspiration from a Wu-Tang Clan track. Cool. Um, and they were just like really focusing on that. There's actually a video on Vice Music or something about mm-hmm. that song and they play them back to back. And they play it so back to back where it's like the same tempo. So we just, mm-hmm. they switch from the Wu-Tang Clan track to the Beach Fossils track and you can hear it. They nailed it? They nailed it, yeah. Nice. It's crazy. But, That's cool. Um, I mean, you know, I brought this band to the table. I never thought there would have been a, a DJ Shadow reference here. <laughs> Neither did I. Yeah. I was That's surprised cool. by their influences. And you can hear it, I think, throughout this album. There's definitely that mm-hmm. funky soul, jazzy yeah. influence in there with the strings and the flutes. And yeah. The, yeah. The so they, they totally expanded on what they were doing before yeah. while still kind of you having that same heart yeah. of Beach Fossils. Um, but this does go a little even psychedelic. It's a little yeah. this this album Summerstar I'm talking about. It's yeah. there's a little bit of psych pop influence in there. Mm. It feels more mature, um, really good flow all the way through. And some of it reminds me of an album like Sgt. Pepper's. Mm. Oh kind of, yeah, definitely like the end of Scent Ivy with the strings and all that. Right. It yeah. Reminded me directly of like a Beatles track or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That kind of yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of the Beatles. Um, not a the, one particular not, song. Yeah, like, I can't yeah, think yeah. of what I was going to say. Um, was was Phil Spector the um, uh, producer for Sgt. Pepper's? I, I don't know if he ever did anything with the Beatles. He did stuff with John Lennon. But, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Not George Martin, yeah. but I thought there was another guy who would... Um, I don't know. Anyway, mm. but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, some of it, some of the, the changes throughout the song. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Kind of switches it up, and they just kind of expand on their songwriting and aesthetic mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. The, you know, the album cover is kind of it's white. It's like a really, really minimalist thing, and then it looks like it's it looks like it's as if somebody stamped it red, just like their logo, Beach Fossils. It does look like a logo for like a surfboarding brand or something? That it does look kind brand. of skate for sure. <laughs> skate, yeah. yeah. And I think these guys were into skating. Yeah. And I think oh, we didn't really mention that earlier, but I think they were into skating and how how well you know they were they were recognized how well music goes with the skate world mm-hmm. and how a lot of skate you know people making skate videos and stuff are always looking for cool music to put yeah. over their video. Yeah, and those skaters find a lot of cool you know their friends and stuff, people that they know in the community find really cool a lot of times undiscovered music to, to use and that helps the band blow up and helps the skaters blow up and everyone's winning in this kind of community. Yeah. So that's a cool connection. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2017 Somersault. Should we play another ditty off of this? Definitely. Let's jam it up. I, I, you know, I haven't really dive into this album so much, so oh, I really want to. But yeah. This one's good, man. This one's good. Um, down the line? Um, or do you want to play another one? There was... Down the line's like probably I think it's literally their most popular song. Oh, okay. Um, but let's switch it up a little bit of a deeper cut, mm-hmm. but a hot track, Tangerine. All right. Second track off of the album.
we had a a uh, comment from one of our TikTok viewers that said, "Stay positive." Oh, I love that! I love that. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We are live on TikTok right now. Yeah. So if you want to ever catch like a sneak peek of episodes, Roots mm-hmm. Degrees episodes before they come out on podcast platforms and YouTube, follow Signal Radio on TikTok, and also see clips and behind the scenes shenanigans a lot of fun stuff on our tiktok yeah we're just getting started too exactly a little uh, little plug there or something mm-hmm. little interlude jay yeah. i got a little fun fact okay so we talked about glass animals yes um a couple weeks ago yeah a month ago i don't know yeah um but their latest album dreamland mm. has a song on it uh yeah. the second song mm-hmm. is called tangerine there you go. the song we just played um was off beach fossils latest record Somersault, second track, Tangerine. It's a popular song title, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like there's I, been a few Tangerines. It's hot right now yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. I, 2017, Somersault came out. So it was a couple of years ago. They were ahead of the game. I like I like Tangerines. I like the, the scent of Tangerines. Mm. Well, really the, the whole aesthetic, the bright the whole thing. color, yeah. the, the citrus aroma. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Getting yeah. hungry. That's a vibe right Some there. Citrus. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Somersault is a vibe. Yeah. Um, you know, more strings making it really epic, those smooth, clean yeah. vocals. Um I think they were kind of surprised is what Dustin said when he heard, like he went into the recording session when they had the string players in there kind of thing and they were doing their thing. Okay. And he was like blown away. He was like, Whoa, it's like this is just like another level kind of thing. Like you know, I mean it really yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's awesome that they used real strings, yeah, real yeah. instruments. Yeah. Not some VST yeah, yeah. logic bull. <laughs> Um, yeah. but cool. And all the songs are super good like that. Yeah. I think this is their best work, Somersault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also their first album on Dustin's own record label, Bayonet. Okay, yeah. So we didn't really talk about that, but he... Yeah. So we kind of mentioned his girlfriend, yeah. who he did end up marrying. Yeah. Um, and they met at a record sh- store where she was interning i think she was interning at his previous record label or his label i mean yeah, yeah right yeah. Mm. and so he was going up to pick up his first like seven inch vinyl yeah and she was interning there and that's how yeah. they met yeah i guess they went on a date date went on a date a couple of days later i think yeah 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 there. and then the rest is history there it is and uh yeah it's interesting they so she um and th- and then to say they ended up starting a label together called bayonet yeah and her name's kate garcia um they yeah so she like worked as wait an, she didn't take the name pacer um i don't know i don't, well, I don't know if that's like a it wasn't uh, a credit yeah thing or we don't know about the personal life we're not trying to get into it too much maybe but. it's pronounced more weirdly than we're saying she's uh-huh. like nah it's pre- <laughs> it, it looks like garcia but it's pronounced pacer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know something like that um Sorry but, to interrupt you. Uh, no, it's cool. But so, yeah, she, like, I think was intern at this record label and she does A&R for some other thing. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, like, been getting into the music industry in that way on the sort of record label side. And then Dustin was saying that, like, um, you know, he didn't really know about how the music industry worked until he uh, got signed to the first label, Captured Tracks. Right. And when he was signed to them, he said he used to spend a lot of time in their offices and with, like, the main guy that ran the label, mm-hmm. kind of, like, just learning everything he could about that side of things. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, one of his inspirations for starting his own label, Bayonet Records, was actually, like, Stone Throw Records, he mentioned. Okay. It was, like, an inspiration. Basically, be- for the sentiment being that like um you know 
it's more like a collective of people that are into the same things and supporting each other versus like strictly a business endeavor sort of thing. Yeah, I think he was kind of turned off by that, the industry, you know, professionals or the music business. Yeah. Or the things that, you know, like it's just a business and people are doing things to make money. Yeah. And that kind of turns him off. But he was super into the fact that like that record label that you said, what were they called? Uh, His first Captured Tracks was the first label, yeah. Yeah. Or, or what was the one that he was referencing? Who he, he, oh, he enjoyed throw, right? Yeah. And and he he liked how they were kind of like it yeah. just felt like people putting things together because they thought like you should do a tour with these guys, you should make yeah. an album with this guy, yeah. putting people together for the greater good of yeah. the whole ecosystem yeah, within yeah. that label. So yeah. yeah, awesome perspective. Again, like you said before, he's, he's super chill and down to earth. Yeah, and you know he has his head in the right place. I think. Yeah, and he's making cool music and making cool things happen. Yeah, and I you know it's an interesting move for a lot of these artists to start their own label. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Polish Ambassadors doing it, mm-hmm. um, Lamb, but Lamb are only really doing it for themselves. I think at the moment, like sure, the yeah, stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't even know what's involved either. No, I know. I mean, Waves did Waves, waves yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot. Majority of the artists we've talked about on Rooster Groove so far have at some point started their own label. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, most of them. At least half, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just off the top of my head. Maybe I'm way wrong. Somebody correct half me. Half seems a little much, I think. Okay. Less than half, probably. Okay. At least a quarter. <laughs> at least a quarter, I'll yeah. say. That's all I got on these guys, man. Yeah. I mean, that's up to date. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've released anything else sense that and let me do a quick check by the way you mentioned glass animals i saw that they're coming to wamu theater in march 2022 Ooh, they have it booked Wamu. if anyone doesn't know wamu is uh right down the street here it's in between this signal studio and the other signal studio so just i mean so yeah. a walk down the block yeah yeah we saw that was the last live show we ever saw pre-covid was at wamu the strokes the strokes yeah. that was the last that was the last, the last concert that's the last live show i've ever seen yeah and yeah. for the strokes that was their last show before everything got canceled yeah i think canceled the rest of their tour and shit or yeah yeah so yeah but um, very fun very cool pretty cool venue you yeah. know they got a lot of cool spots it's just a it's a good venue for anybody so i think i guess the only other thing to say is these guys appeared on a show called vinyl it was on hbo it was like I did um, not know this. I I didn't know about it. It said it didn't last very long, but it was about early nineteen seventies. Oh no, I did um, know. That. You're right. You're right. Yeah, like music industry in New York, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they play. I think they even had speaking parts in there. Like they were in there for a few episodes or something. Playing. Uh, they played a nineteen seventies punk band called the Nasty Bits. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that was. I didn't, I didn't realize they had speaking parts. Yeah, they did like proper acting i think so when we're, these guys are actors and musicians then so that's I'm pretty gonna, cool that's i'm gonna check out that show just for yeah it seems interesting yeah like it does vinyl. um but yeah and uh I, I you know i guess also like they did take a break at a certain point as, as something to say as well i think before um somersault it was and clash four years yeah from yeah. clash to somersault so yeah they took some time out um to chill and not tour and not record mm-hmm. or anything like that yeah i think it was the perfect time to do it because they made yeah. a good headway with their project yeah um like really made a splash in the industry yeah um at least for their particular style yeah. niche yeah um 
and they they'd been like like Dustin said, you know, sacrificed themselves, compromising them themselves and their lives in order to make these things happen. Yeah. And it shows how much they care and love love what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I hope they do more stuff because yeah. what I see is this band is on an awesome trajectory of getting better, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited that they. Uh, I can't really pigeonhole them right now because I think their first couple of albums are there's like there's one thread through all of them, mm-hmm. I think, which is like the vocals and the guitar work. The songwriting yeah sort the, the chillability yeah and i guess oh yeah one thing i did want to say as well about their songwriting is that dustin said that he when he writes a song he has to do it all in one sitting like a complete song and he also said the recording and the writing is one and the same for him kind of thing mm-hmm. so he'll fuse those two together but they will after he's made a track at home or whatever he they will oftentimes go and re-record it Mm-hmm. in a better studio kind of thing but yeah he said he said basically that he has to do it in one session because if he walks away from it then he can't really get back into it like he feels uh-huh. like the song's lost legs or something like that mm-hmm. and so he really has to like do it all in one sitting which i think is an inspirational thing i'm taking that as another of all of the artists we've talked about that i'm plucking that as another uh, a little tidbit another ingredient to like yeah okay next time i sit down i'm gonna just force myself to just finish a track instead of just coming up with a four bar loop and walking away and then yeah like give a, I have. an awesome sounding four bar <laughs> loop and it's all polished and sounds cool but it doesn't go anywhere yeah and then i can't get back into it again like, yeah so like and I, I think i've i've only been able to do like once or twice in my life like actually complete mm-hmm. like a track like in one go kind of thing and it was a lot of work and concentration and focus right. and stuff like that yeah but once you get into that certain flow i think you got to keep doing it and not, not yeah ride uh, that momentum it. yeah yeah and keep yeah. going and that could push you i think that can give you confidence as well because then if you're like oh yeah I finished something yeah 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 then when you go to do it again it's like it just gives you a bit more like I already did it before, I could do it again. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. I mean, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. You know, tidbit of information to to take for all the producers out there listening. Yeah, yeah. That's what this guy's doing, yeah. and not to say that's the only way. No, there's many ways, but yeah. Because I've yeah. and and like Dustin said, Dustin Pacer at some point, like he likes to go and do the whole track while he's doing it in one sitting, like you just said. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, you can kind of go away from it, and then he said he'll come back, and it feels like he didn't even write it. Yeah, yeah. And one of his favorite things is like when it feels like you're not even the one writing the music. Yeah, It's just kind of coming out. Yeah, he and said he's like listened to songs, and he's like, did I do that? Mm-hmm. that yeah, <laughs> which, is that, which is a weird... I think a lot of musicians have been in that position. Like, yeah, I made yeah. that. Like, I think it's good. Like, like don't spend too much time or something. Like I know, like uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on the episode with about Lamb, but apparently uh, Lou Rhodes, I think is her name. I think or, that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is like she can't do more than three takes. Oh um, yeah, she like to keep it yeah. real tight, real yeah, yeah. quick. Yeah, because she's like you know you don't want to like just keep laboring over something because then you just start changing too much or you get sick of it and it's like you could just destroy the original idea that was actually good and then just yeah. turn it into trash or something like that and yeah i mean each to their own but mm-hmm. i i do have attention problems with well not attention problems but like 
yeah, I feel like the more you labor over anything, doesn't matter what it is, the like you can overwork something or just suck Hun- out the passion from it or the interestingness for yourself. Kind yeah, of whatever you're excited about in that moment. Yeah. Try to, yeah, just kind of go with that until, and try to max that out. Yeah. Is what these people are saying. Yeah. yeah. The beauty is that you can do anything you want. Yeah. I think it's cool to do, you know, make a four bar loop that sounds cool that you're excited about and then put it away for six months. Yeah. Come back to it and, like, hmm. that's the only other way I think of doing that is to just put it in the drawer and forget about it. Yeah. And then come back to it a way later point with, and with completely new energy. Yeah, like, yeah. what can I give to this track? Yeah. That's and then you'll hopefully be like, kind of cool. Oh, I can finish this now. I know, yeah. where, I know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like you said, to each their own. Yeah. Let bygones be bygones. And let's just all make some beautiful music. I love it. Uh, that's all I got on these guys, though. Uh, yeah. Beach fossils, yeah. Indie rock pop, chill, yeah. Beachy, yeah. Fun. They're progressing. They're getting better. I'm excited for them. Yeah. See where they go next. Yeah. Super happy to talk about them this week. It's been a few years. Yeah. So 2017. Yeah. When Somersault came out. So hopefully in and quarantine they're writing and recording new material. They have Ready. No, no excuse. <laughs> what, what else are they doing? Come on. Exactly. Or, or they just discovered that they don't want to do music anymore. It's like, oh, they quit. Well, reevaluate our lives and do retrain. And okay. no, I hope not. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, they, for me personally, I want them to come up with another album. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, and it's, it feels like it's about time. Maybe we're gonna hear something very soon. Uh, should we play out on a track? Yeah, do you want to play Ooh. May first? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's also from Somersault. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite album if anybody's uh, listening if anybody cares i always say uh where i would start listening to this new artist if they're new to you i would start with somersault 100 percent. yeah and then and then i would go to if you like that i would go to album number one and work your way back up mm-hmm. um but yeah somersault's where it's at and clash of the truth but these albums the, are very different in a way that's the only thing it's, in, it's funny yeah. yeah clash of the truth is just class clash of truth is just mm-hmm sorry clash, clash the, the truth. Truth. yeah <laughs> it's sorry. a tongue twister yeah sorry as soon as you see clash you think the t- and it has a t in it yeah it's like, it's like uh, clash the titans exactly. <laughs> clash the titans <laughs> but you know what we're talking about but that that one is a little bit darker yeah it's a little more punky yeah and so it just depends on your energy i'm happy that they made both albums and i'm happy that they're willing to go to different you know extents of of their of, of what they love you know what they want to try and stuff so that's it's just a good sign for a musician if they're willing to try stuff yeah. and they're able to do different things in, in awesome ways. It's a sign of good musicianship and a sign of, you know, having a good head on your shoulders. So Dustin Pacer, he's killing it. I think he has more to kill. And I'm excited to see where these guys go. Let's play out on May 1st. All right. The song May 1st. Also, uh, Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com, right? If yes. you have anything to say. You got a cool story about beach fossils. We still have yet to receive our first email yeah, from so a listener or viewer. So that person gets a bag of cash, by the way. So Jay, you know, founder of Signal is providing a bag of cash. A, he's he, you said heard it here first, folks. He said it before on another episode and he's saying here again, a bag of cash. I mean it might be Venmo because I hear you're not supposed to send cash in postal mail, but because you know someone might steal it along the way. Yeah. But anyway, bag of cash. Bag of cash. The amount. You can say you anything will, you, you want. Will, you will only find out if you email us. You can say anything you want. You can say anything you want. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at you, YouTube. Yeah. All right. All right. Beach fossils. Roots to grooves out. I'm Jay. 
I'm just no. Just, I, <laughs> I got you again. You did this again. I know. Do you do this on purpose? That, that time I did it on purpose because I did it on accident the other time. Yeah, you definitely, definitely tripped me we, up. I was going to say Jesse. I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm not Jesse. Yeah. Am I? Am I? We both got Jason in our name, and I love that. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Hey, Rooster Grooves out May first. By Beach Fossils. Peace out. Rooster Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.